You're listening to Save Me an Isle Seat, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiast, Kylie. Hey! And our musical newbie, Matt. But, but, but wait, where the other one? <laughs> Amber is not here today. Oh no! Yeah. So our schedules didn't line up this week, so Amber is stuck working, because she's lame. Mm-mm. Yep. But we have a very special episode today because it is Kylie's episode, so we figured it would be okay if if Amber had to miss out on this one. No, she's fired. Yeah, we're going to have to fire her. We're going to fire Amber. It won't be me this time. She'll find out when she listens to this episode on Thursday. (laughs) What a way to get back. (laughs) I've been fired this whole time. What? So yeah, so anyway, guys, we are covering the musical 1776, and Kylie is going to present it to us, so I get to relax all week. Woo! Yeah. I mean, you still have to, like, edit it, and, like, post it, and, like, do the show notes. Let me me have this. Okay. (laughs) You get to pretend to relax. I can pretend to relax. (laughs) For, like, an hour. Yeah. Why don't you take us into it, Kylie? Okay. For 1776, the music and the lyrics were written by Sherman Edwards, and the book was written by Peter Stone. It has a film adaptation that was released in November of 1972, which saw many of the original Broadway cast members reprise their roles. That's always good. Yeah. And this is the version that we're going to be going off of the musical. The musical is about John Adams trying to persuade his colleagues to vote for independence and sign the Declaration of Independence. Okay. All right, then. Again, not the topic I would have picked for a musical. No. But. (laughs) Here we are. Yep. In October, the spooky month, you get July stuff. (laughs) Independence. (laughs) You get history class. Listen, that's pretty terrifying. You get men in tights. And... Wigs. Wigs. Just old white guys making decisions for everyone. Musically. The horror. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's got a nice song and dance to it. Yay! Yes, there are songs. (laughs) 1776 first opened on Broadway on March 16th, 1969, and it closed on February 13th, 1972, after 1,217 performances. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. With these performances, it played in three different theaters, 46th Street Theater, which is now the Richard Rogers Theater, St. James Theater in 1970, and the Majestic Theater in 1971. The main cast is starred by the wonderful William Daniels, a.k.a. Mr. Feeney. Oh! Yeah! That's also why John Adams High School is named after his character for Mm. Boy Meets World. Interesting. Neat. And probably why he's the history teacher, too. <laughs> ha ha! Humor! <laughs> Howard De Silva, Paul Hecht, Clifford David, Ronald Holgate, David Ford, Virginia Vestoff, and Ken Howard were also starring in the musical. That's like a big handful of generic white dude names, like first names wise. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and Virginia. Yeah. And Virginia. So 1776 was given a London production, which opened on June 16th, 1970 at the New Theater. On June 26, 1971, it was performed at Her Majesty's Theater in Melbourne, Australia, and was moved to the Theater Royal in Sydney on September 11th, 1971. 
The musical was revived by the Roundabout Theatre Company and opened on August 4, 1997 at the Criterion Theatre. It was transferred to the George Gershwin Theatre on December 3, 1997 for a commercial run, and it closed on June 14, 1998 after 333 performances and 34 previews. Hmm. That's, that's a lot of performances in that year. Yeah. Yeah. It was also produced by Encore's City Th- Center in a stage concert that was done March 30th to April 3rd, 2016. This rendition had a racially diverse cast in light of the Hamilton runs. Oh! Yeah. And it also had cast members from the 1997 revival reprising their roles, too. That's kind of cool. cool. Mm-hmm. In November 2018, it was produced in Chicago as part of the Porchlight Revisit series. And a Broadway revival is planned for the spring of 2021, which will be a gender-inclusive production. Oh. There was a casting notice called for non-binary and trans-identifying performers, and it will feature multiple representations of gender, race, and ethnicity, and will be directed by the Tony winner, Diane Paulus. Okay. That sounds interesting. So, if everything goes according to rough schedules we could possibly see this one in 2021 you know it might get pushed back yeah i think i heard that broadway wasn't opening till i want to say may of next year oh yeah it got pushed back to june ah it might have been june one of those months shared the story on our twitter very sad i feel like for plays and stuff that's where like non-binary or trans-identifying people would, like, thrive? Because you're already playing other characters? I mean, that's all theater. And whatever. Theater started because men played all the women's roles because women weren't allowed to do anything. Mm. Yeah. So we're just going back to our roots. I like it. Audition for whatever role you want. (laughs) We are literally just going to pick the The best best person. person. Yeah. (laughs) The best individual. As it should be. Yeah. So, for awards, in 1969, 1776 won Tony Awards for Best Musical, Best Performance by a Feature Actor in a Musical, Ron Holgate, and Best Direction of a Musical. Fun fact, William Daniels was ruled to be ineligible for Best Actor because his name wasn't billed above the title of the show. (laughs) So, he was nominated for Best Feature Actor, but he refused the nomination. I wasn't aware that was something a person could do. Yeah, right. It won a Drama Desk Award in Outstanding Book of a Musical and Outstanding Design. And Ken Howard won the won a Theater World Award. Nice. I've never heard of that award before. Well, it's all over the world. Ha. Huh. Of theater. <laughs> <laughs> and in 1997, a Broadway revival won a Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Feature Actor in a Musical with Greg Edelman. Some neat background for everyone there. And now, we're on to Act 1. So, it's May 8th, 1776. Hey, that's the name of the show. Wow! (laughs) Getting close to it. (laughs) The show opens with John Adams in Philadelphia at the Second Continental Congress. Adams is frustrated because none of the other delegates will do anything on his proposal for independence. Everyone else is more concerned with the fact that it is hot as hell in Philadelphia and someone ought to open up a window. 
And they all yell at him to sit down in the song, Sit Down, John. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They all sound like idiots so far. I mean, yes. I mean, it is hot and they don't have AC, so. Someone bring in the ice. (laughs) Someone get fans, even paper ones. Yes. So Adams responds with piddle, twiddle, and resolve, stating that Congress hasn't been doing anything for a whole year and that nothing is ever solved. It's still true for today. Yep. Yep. And he's fairly certain that the Congress's only purpose is to drive him mad, <laughs> which still works today. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure there are some people that are wanting to pull their hair out right now with current day politics. Yes. Everyone. Or even, I'm going to bet, even future day politics. You know what? Boom. Yes. Good Just bet. politics. Hot takes over here. <laughs> Not just American, all politics. All politics. So Abigail comes in during this song saying that he needs to get in, get Congress to declare independency, sign it, and get out and get back to her. She's not actually, like, in the Congress as it is. Like, she's more like, what's the word? A woman. (laughs) (laughs) Not physically in the building. (laughs) Okay. She's not at the Congress. (laughs) They're saying she's not in Congress. I was like, well, yeah. (laughs) Not a lot. So she's like off to the side having a separate scene, kind of. Yeah, I think she's probably like at home writing this letter because, yeah. (laughs) This boy better get back home. (laughs) I'm lonely and these men are annoying. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. She's singing about how everyone is getting sick and that they need him in the family. Like all the kids are getting sick. She's getting sick, et cetera, et cetera. So John has asked Abigail and the other women to make saltpeter for gunpowder And she responds that they haven't done that because they don't have the pins and they won't make it until they do. So basically in this song, they bicker about her making saltpeter, but him needing to get her pins in order for her to do that. And in the end, Abigail wins the fight. Tell him, girl. But just casually like, hey, babe, can you make gunpowder for me? Yeah. (laughs) I'd love to do that for you, but I don't have the one thing that's required to make it. But do it anyway. I need to have the body for it to go in. So, can't make you cookies without a bowl. True. I want cookies now. Me too. Go make me some cookies. (laughs) I don't have a bowl. You Uh, best get one. (laughs) I'm not good at this arguing thing as Abigail. (laughs) (laughs) So after John gives in to the pins for saltpeter, they sink till then, which is about their love for each other. Later in the day, Adams finds Benjamin Franklin outside, where Adams complains that he can't get anyone to listen to his arguments for independence. Franklin responds that he might have better luck if it was someone else giving those arguments, rather than John. Hmm. So Richard Henry Lee is called in, and he sings the song The Lees of Old Virginia, stating that he is the best man for the job because he's a member of the oldest and most glorious family in America. Hmm... And in this song, like, Lee loves to use words that end with Lee. So he'll use, like, politically and eternally. Oh, I hate him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. What an asshole. (laughs) Everything is heavy on the Lee. So it's June 7th, 1776, and Adams and Franklin enter Congress, and John Hancock gavels for the 380th meeting of the Congress to order. Hancock opens the floor to new resolutions where Richard Henry Lee comes in and he reads the resolution 
but another member, John Dickinson of Pennsylvania, wants to indefinitely postpone the question of independence. Hmm. So a vote is taken, five for debate, five for infinite postponement, and New York abstains courteously, which is a running theme in this. Of course, all the delegates from New Jersey are missing, so they don't have a vote. And Rhode Island came in late for the vote, but they vote to debate. Huh. Okay. Politics. <laughs> yes. I think the reason why New York abstains courteously is because they're waiting for, I don't want to say approval, but essentially approval from New York on what they can and can't vote for. Which takes a little time because, you know, no phones, no texting. Mail be slow. Mm -hmm. Mail comes by horsey. So as the debate moves forward, Delaware's Caesar Rodney is forced to go back home because of his poor health. South Carolina moves to end the debate and, and vote while New Jersey finally shows up and orders to support independence, which leads to a 6-6 split. Adam reminds Hancock that he can break the tie as president of the Congress, knowing that he, su he supports independence. So Dickinson moves that any vote for independence must pass unanimously. On the grounds that no colony may be torn from another or from its mother country without its own consent. So there's a tie and Hancock votes for unanimity. Yeah. Which makes Adams mad and Hancock says that to not do so would be setting brother against brother. And so Adams calls for, for postponement of the vote, expressing that a declaration should define the reasons for independence. Franklin seconds this. And they are asked as why such a declaration be written, and Jefferson steps in with those reasons. Another vote, another tie, another courteous abstainment. Thank you, New York. Hancock <laughs> breaks the tie with a vote to postpone. Man, these guys are getting so much done. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. They just Congress. like to tie and not do stuff. Mm -hmm. So a committee of Adams, Franklin, Jefferson, Roger Sherman, and Robert Livingston is appointed to draft the declaration. Hancock adjourns the session over Jefferson's complaints that he has to go home to his wife because he loves his wife and he wants to be with her and not a bunch of dudes. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> bunch of sweaty dudes in the Pennsylvania heat. <laughs> Angry, sweaty dudes. Gross. So the five argue about who should write the declaration in Miss But Mr. Adams, which is my favorite song. Mm -hmm. And really, like, after seeing the movie... A few times, it's the only part of the movie that I remember, and I find it funny as heck. <laughs> nice. So each member gives a reason why he can't do it. He can't write the declaration. So Franklin wants Adams to write it because of his legal mind and brilliance, but Adams gives the reason that if he writes it, they'll run their quill pens through it. I'm obnoxious and disliked, and they know it's true. Uh, okay. So Franklin's reason for why he won't do it or he can't do it is that he won't put politics on paper for its mania. So he refuses to use the pen in Pennsylvania. Adam says Sherman should do it because he is never controversial. And Sherman says that he can't do it, that he can't write with any style or proper etiquette. That would be me. I just like, I can't. No word good. Me no word good. You get it how I talk. <laughs> <laughs> Which could be anyway. So Livingston is up next, and he's a good choice because he has a lot of friends and is a diplomat, but he can't because his wife just had their baby. Okay. So then Adams finally gets to Jefferson, 
who immediately says that when John gets to him, Mr. Adams, leave me alone. (laughs) And that he hasn't seen his wife for six months. Adam repeats to Jefferson's words to him, stating that he is the best writer in Congress. And he asks the question of, are you a patriot or a lover? Which gets the response of lover. And that also leads to that he burns Mr. A. And Adam's response with that he also burns, which gets the other men to respond with surprise. They're like, really? You do? He's like, yes, I do. Adam eventually gets him to agree. They want their wives. They're lonely. Yeah, but they're burning in a room full of other men. I'm sure they prefer not to. (laughs) I think they just have chlamydia. (laughs) (laughs) Should see a doctor about that. (laughs) So after a week, Adams and Franklin visit Jefferson to see how everything's coming. And Jefferson has been sad not seeing his wife. (laughs) So Adams has sent for her to have Martha come and see her husband. Nice. Come get your mans. <laughs> Make him happy, just so he'll do stuff. All right. He and Franklin leave Jefferson and his wife alone, which leads to the song Yours, 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 which is sung by Adams and his wife, Abigail, through letters that they're writing to each other. Later, Adams and Franklin run into Martha again, and they ask how such a quiet man like Jefferson got a woman like her. And she tells them it's because of his musical talent in the song, He Plays the Violin. Ah. Uh. He doesn't talk much, but he plays a mean violin. <laughs> he actually plays like a fiddle. <laughs> Devil went down to Georgia. <laughs> They're not in that state. <laughs> so it's now June 22nd and the Congress has reconvened. Adam is, is worried and starts to try to win over some of the other states. Adams is trying to convince Samuel Chase when Washington has sent for help in the field. And Adams requests that Chase accompany him to that request. The pro-independent states leave the room with Chase, and that ends up leaving the anti-independence members in the chambers by themselves. Dickinson leads the men in the song, Cool, Cool, Considerate Men, and that's about wanting to hold on to their wealth. Of course. During this, Washington sends a warning about British advances on Philadelphia, but those warnings are ignored. And then after the remaining delegates leave, only... After the remaining delegates leave, there's only Andrew McNair, a custodian. The courtier and a workman are left in the chamber. The workman asks the courier if he's seen any fighting and gets the response that two of his closest friends were killed on the same day at Lexington, which leads into the song Mama Look Sharp. Ending the act with a downer. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) These random side characters. Let's make you feel good friends are dead i feel less good now yeah yeah okay so act one how are we feeling guys uh there's a lot of dumb politics happening history is dumb and lame but you need it but it can actually be passable if there's upbeat music played along with it i guess listen if my history teacher broke out into song (laughs) i probably would have retained at least a little yeah that would have been much better if they could sing. Or yeah, rap. I imagine it's just like kind of weird just to be like, hey, I know those character names. They're from history and they're just being a bunch of dorks <laughs> yeah. singing and dancing. So I imagine that's probably a lot of fun. Yeah. But not a whole lot of like craziness has happened no, compared it's very to a lot basic. of other shows. It's, yeah, it's I mean. very tame. <laughs> going, going from Carrie to this, 
It's very tame. It's very. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, we could dump some pig's blood on it if you really want to. I mean, they did have a line in, I believe it was Mr. Adams. There may be a murder yet. Ooh. Oh. Is that a threat? Or a promise? <laughs> or a promise? I don't think a murder happened historically oh. or in this musical. So. No dueling pistols. No, Dang that's Hamilton. Dang. Who I don't believe shows up in this, so there you go. Okay, well then, how about we go into our theater fact, which, on a twist, Matt is going to read, so (gasps) Kylie can take a break. What? Me? You. You. Me? Can't believe this. (laughs) Alright, so the factoid we have for you today. Howard De Silva, who played Franklin, suffered from a mild heart attack four days before the show premiered on Broadway. Oh. Yikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, turns out, he uh, refused to get medical attention for it. <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, the reason for that was that he wanted to make sure critics saw his performance. <laughs> After these four shows were done, he went to the hospital and Rex... Everhart took over for the role during his leave of absence and performed for the soundtrack. De Silva was able to come back uh, for the film version, though. What a badass. Imagine not getting treated for a heart attack for four <laughs> performances. Listen, he was a very committed thespian. That's just what you gotta do. They told him break a leg, he took it a few steps farther. <laughs> his heart's like, yo, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, impressive. Dumb, but impressive. But also, like, what a badass. Right, yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, he's he just like, I rehearsed for this. I'm gonna let the critics see me. I'm they Ben better see Franklin, me. damn it. Damn it, or I'm, I'm gonna die imprint. trying. No! No, no, don't do that! <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> well, are we ready to... Oh, man. Declare our way into Act Two. <sighs> ah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> That's a good one. I think I'll keep it. Yeah. Act Two, Kylie. You're adamant about keeping it. Stop. <laughs> uh, you're fired now. Your part's been done. I'll be frank. When about it. I was gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the dad jokes are spreading. <laughs> like the Philadelphia heat. Yep. I hope I hope we get to a certain point where that's like a tally kept somewhere like on a website. <laughs> oh, I'm sure someone like will. The numbers number of times Matt's been fired. <laughs> It'll happen. Okay. Do I get a severance <laughs> package? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Anyway, we're really thrilled. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Let's uh, go into Act 2, everybody. So, the declaration is read to the Congress, and an exhibition shooting by the Continental Army has convinced Maryland to vote for independence. We want our guns! Woo! <laughs> With this new vote, Franklin, Adams, and Jefferson are closer to independence, and they start to debate about the new symbol that will represent America. Franklin is pro-Turkey. Jefferson mm-hmm. is for a dove, <laughs> and Adams wants the eagle, and in the end, he gets the other men to agree, and this is in the song, The Egg. Out of the three choices. The Egg. I you think... Don't, you don't want to be a turkey? No. 
If no. we have Thanksgiving themed musicals, that that noise needs to be the first thing that's put in that. Do you yep. do you think you would have turkey as much on Thanksgiving if it was like the, the symbol symbol? F- symbol for America? Um, I don't know. People still kill bald eagles. Yeah, yeah, but they're not eating them. It's because there's not enough of them. I don't know. I think we would still eat turkeys. This represents America. Also, great dipped in gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, America. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> Everyone needs a nap. Yeah. So now it's June 28th, and Hancock asks if there are any changes to the declaration, which leads to many delegates to say yes. Dickinson demands the phrase calling King George a tyrant be removed. Another delegate wants the removal of the term parliament because it could offend someone. Adams responds with, this is a revolution, damn it. We're going to have to offend somebody. (laughs) And that's accurate. Nice. That, yeah, makes sense. I mean, if you're you're leaving the motherland, uh, you're probably offending her in the first place. So there you go. Yeah. At least offend some more so you have reason not to go back. Exactly. South Carolina rejects to a clause condemning the slave trade and accuses the North of hypocrisy because they are they also prosper from slavery in the song Molasses to Rum, which mm. when you listen to the whole soundtrack, that's the song that stands out to me like this doesn't fit. Fit at all. <laughs> like everything else sounds like similar, like it should be there in that album. And then this one's just like, did they just take a song from another musical and just stick the music in there? Because it doesn't fit. Hmm. Weird. At least to me. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, we haven't. Katie and I have not listened, so we do not have any input on it. But we will take your word for it. Yeah. It's a trip. (laughs) It's, It's not a good one. I don't like it. All right. The Carolinas and Georgia walk out because of this, and Franklin tells Adams that the clause has to go and independence is the primary issue at hand. What dumb white boys. Adams rereads a dispatch from Washington and repeats his words in, is anybody there? Adams talks about his vision for the new country. A delegate from Georgia walks in on this and tells Adams that he is changing his vote from a no to a yes. Hmm. On July 2nd, a vote is held. Pennsylvania passes on the first call so that the northern and middle colonies vote yay, with New York courteously abstaining from the vote once again. Cowards. <laughs> they need approval from the mother state. The vote gets to South Carolina. Rutledge demands again that the slavery clause be removed in order for a yay. Franklin again pleads with Adams, who looks to Jefferson, who reluctantly walks over and scratches out the clause. The Carolinas and Georgia vote yay. Pennsylvania is the last colony to vote with Dickinson in charge of the vote. So the vote starts out to be a nay, but Franklin asks Hancock to pull the members of the state to get independence passed. Franklin would be a yay, Dickinson a nay, and Wilson their third was the swing vote. And he usually goes with Dickinson, but Wilson votes yay as to not be remembered as the guy who prevented American independence. That's a good reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hancock suggests that no man be allowed to sit in Congress without signing the Declaration of Independence. Dickinson says that he can't sign it and still hopes for reconciliation with England. 
Boo. He has dreams and they're not that great. <laughs> they're bad dreams. Bad, bad man. <laughs> yeah. But he decides to join the army and fight for and defend the new nation. Hancock leads in the signing and they are interrupted by a dispatch from Washington about how they are badly outnumbered with undertrained troops. And he also says that Lewis Morrison, Morris of New York's estates have been destroyed, but his family is safe. Morris decides that he will sign for the Declaration of Independence, even without instructions from the New York legislature. So New York is now a yay. 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 <laughs> yay. And on July 4th, the Liberty Bell is ringing in the background as each of the delegates is called to sign. They freeze in position as the bell rings to a fevered pitch in the finale. Dun, dun, dun. Some reason in my mind, I just pictured like a freeze frame. Like they all like jump after like signing. And <laughs> Yay! Like, like the five. curtains just kind of just. <laughs> <laughs> That's your musical. <laughs> yeah, I think so in the, the film, yes. they actually do have a freeze frame. If I remember correctly, it's been yeah, several years. Yeah, the makes sense for that. But yeah, for the on stage might be a little different. Might be a little hard to stay suspended into air with your Everyone jumps. Everyone wires. It's a whole mess. And then the jackets just like show with the wires. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that was um, 1776. Because nothing is scarier than politics. <laughs> <laughs> Horror month. <laughs> Yay, spooky month. History. Yuck. Good <laughs> So that, that was, a, it was an interesting show for sure. What do you guys think about it? So the more and more we go down these musical rabbit holes, you can essentially make a musical out of any subject. Yes. Of like anything, really. Mm-hmm. And as long as I guess if you have a good book, good lyrics, good music and all that jazz. Good actors. It can be it can be okay. Like no matter yeah. what the material is. Like obviously this one's getting another revival. Yep. Right. Possibly next it's year. Good. Yeah, I'm sure if we listen to the soundtrack, we'd probably enjoy it. But again, it's just not the subject that, like, really grabs me. Yeah. If someone said, hey, you want to go to this musical, it's about the signing of the Declaration of Independence, I would have been like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Without knowing anything else. Would you also have done that for (laughs) Hamilton, too? I was just about to say, to be fair, I would say the same thing about Hamilton, but I... Yeah, I also would have said no to Hamilton, just based on the premise... But then, yeah, I did hear the music, and I was like, oh, this is different. It's super, like, hip-hoppy. Mm-hmm. It's really different. I really I like it. So, maybe it's the same of the 1776, but doubt. This is not hip-hoppy. But this is, yeah, also made a In good time ago. The 60s. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's going to be a little dated, but I don't know. The, yeah, the more we've we've gone through stuff, I'm, I don't think I'm ever going into a show thinking it's just going to be terrible off the bat now i don't know evil dead was kind of <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that one was kind of <laughs> i had a feeling it was going to be bad yeah so i'm I'm giving them more of an honest chance now but it was, it was okay yeah. it's history so old old men arguing with each other ah uh, yes <laughs> tale as old as time <laughs> and is this soundtrack on spotify kylie Yes, I think they only have one version of it anyway, I think. Okay. Is it the Broadway cast recording or is it the movie cast recording? I mean, either way, like yes. they have most of the Broadway stars on the movie. Yeah. So it probably doesn't matter. 
Well, okay. one of those will be linked in the show notes. <laughs> I couldn't find any information on if the movie is exactly the same as like the play musical. Mm-hmm. The internet would not answer. I that. would imagine there's there's probably more like small conversations because that's easier to put into a movie. Yeah. If I just had to guess, I haven't seen it or you know any of that, but. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have to like see if we can find a. A copy somewhere. I'm sure, yeah, the music will make light of a lot of the dry conversation stuff. Gosh, I hope so. Because, <laughs> man, ooh, talking about delegates and votes. Wow. Really just get me going. <laughs> it really churns my butter. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I was trying to make an old-timey reference. Oh, Making saltpeter. Okay, well. All right, and with that weird well, note. <laughs> let me just uh, leave real fast. Can you get fired? <laughs> about, yeah, I'm going to fire myself. Does anyone have any more comments about this show? This interesting production? Go give it a listen. I know I will. Love William Daniels. He's a gem. So thanks for listening to this episode of Save Me an ILC, you guys. Thank you, Kylie, for presenting this musical. You did a fantastic job. Thank you. Amber, we miss you, so come back for the next one. Oh, you're just going to rehire her like that? She's not yeah, even yeah. here yet. I like her. <laughs> you know where you stand. <laughs> Behind Amber. Don't don't fight me, Amber. It, it's, it's a joke. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully we'll all be back together for the next one. Um, I don't know what we're covering, but we will cover it real good. Something. <laughs> It'll be covered like It'll, a blanket. Yes. Patchy blanket? Something. <laughs> a couple of little tidbits before we head out of here. We do want to thank Anna for giving a $5 donation on our Ko-Fi. We really appreciate you. Thank you. She's my coworker, and I promise I did not force her to listen. She did it of her own, her own choice. Oh, yay. <laughs> Come on, you can be real. You held her at gunpoint. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but we are already almost at 700 downloads. Woohoo! So I'm real excited for that. It, it doesn't sound like a ton to some people, but it us, it great. makes me really happy seeing yeah. it just constantly go up. So. Yes. I, I might check it a little too often. <laughs> I just, I get really excited about it. It's just super neat, and so we really appreciate you guys for supporting us. If you want to continue supporting us, the best way to do that is to tell your friends and family and coworkers, because obviously that works. <laughs> tell tell them about the show and ask them to give it a listen. We also really appreciate getting like ratings and comments on. I think usually Apple's the best place to do that. But subscribing to us, make sure that you get the RSS feed as soon as we publish. I know a lot of those other places take about an hour to upload. So you'll know instantly when it comes out. So if you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast, that would be great. But mostly just tell just tell your friends. Because we're awesome. And we also have a Ko-Fi, as I mentioned, uh, with the donation process. And that's ko-fi.com slash ragtag network. That donation goes to support all of the podcasts under our umbrella, which include this one. And we also have a D&D podcast called Total Tom Foolery, which Matt and I are also a part of. It's fun. We're... Really bad at rolling dice. Yay. <laughs> well, I, I'm good at rolling dice. You're the only good one. I'm bad and I'm the DM. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a lot of fun. And also we have the new show, which is Bag of Bones, which is done by the mama, Elizabeth Bougere. 
she is doing really well, and she is on, uh, I believe, episode six will come out on the same day that this one does. And she's churning them out. And she's doing really mm-hmm. good. Uh, it's her first foray into the podcasting world, so uh, give her lots of love and support there, too. She is also already almost at 100 downloads, I believe. I think she just passed 100 downloads. So whoop, whoop, good mama. Woohoo! Uh, if you guys would like to reach out to us and say hello, we do have a Twitter, which is at Save an Isle Seat. And uh, you can reach out to Amber and yell at her for not being on this episode. I'm sure she'd appreciate that a lot. Also, if you mm. like hashtags. She loves uh, hashtags. They She's will the queen. flood your entire screen. Yes. I believe she tries to hit the character limit she every time. She does mm-hmm. hit the character limit every time. So she's a monster. She's a Twitter monster. But we do like to appreciate the the people that she has gotten on our on our Twitter. We get refollows every time she tweets something, and that's really awesome. So we just really appreciate you guys out there. If you want to reach us as a whole, you can also email us at savemeanisleseat at gmail.com. We'd love to have conversations, and if you want to show us like weird musicals that you've found or other just things that you think we should cover someday, Go ahead and send this to us. We'll do our best to, you know, cover those at some point. So we really just appreciate the support and we love you guys. And I think that's going to wrap this one up. What? What? (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) All right, guys, that will wrap up this one. We will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Save Me an Isle Seat. We do this show for fun, but if you'd like to support us, you can check out our Ko-Fi at www.ko-fi.com slash ragtag network. For more episodes and shows like this, go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. This show is brought to you by the Ragtag Network.